Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am your host Samira Ali and you are in the right place for inspirational stories that have A to Z of passion, determination and grit. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. It's a new week and I am so excited to be back in the recording studio and it's been really wonderful hearing all your sorry reading all your messages guys it's been really good and you keep asking for more episodes and I am trying my best to deliver so this week we are going to have two episodes so after this episode make sure you check out the next episode because it's going to be a bonus so make the most of the opportunity but on that note I would like to say welcome to our guest Guled Abdi all the way from Toronto joining us welcome Guled hey what's up uh um thank you for having me this is uh <laughs> I've this is my first time doing I, I guess an international podcast it feels Yay! international across the pond across the pond <laughs> Yeah, I've only done podcasts with people who are in the city. Who I mean, I'm sure people listening to it across the pond, but this I know is specifically based across the pond. So what's up? To my, what's uh, up? To exactly, my and our, <laughs> to all our European um, audience. But the thing is, interestingly enough, you say Gled, but we've got like audience across the globe. We listen to from like we've got Australia, New Zealand, America, and Toronto. We were actually in the Toronto chart not long ago. We were like like number twenty. So that was oh, amazing. Shoot. Yeah, no, I, I forget that podcasts are, by just their nature, international. But this, I feel, I don't know why for some reason it feels different. I'm like, because I know you're recording in a different time zone. So Exactly, like, that's is, why. wild, man. This is wild. Look what technology can do. Exactly. Technology, especially now with the whole COVID-19 pandemic, since we're still doing this, it's it brought us all together. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah, at least like it like being able to like uh like realizing how you can use zoom and skype and all these things it's not just to talk to like your family abroad you can actually use it for friends as well and just hang out so that's exactly (laughs) wonderful good it's really nice to have you here and thank you for giving us the time of the day and i'm really excited to hear and um, i mean i've already read your bio and i thought that was amazing and um I would love for you to share your with us. Uh, tell us about yourself and um, tell us about yourself. What is it that you actually do, Guled? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is uh, Guled Abdi. Uh, I am a uh, Somali-Canadian uh, comedian based in Toronto. Uh, I've been doing comedy now for about like six and a half years. And I have um, I do a TV show with some of my good friends, uh, my best friends, in fact, uh, on on our local broadcaster uh the cbc called tall boys it's a sketch show and uh, it's coming back for its second season on february 16th and um yeah what else uh, i uh <laughs> i lived i've been living in this in toronto for most of my life i say about two-thirds of my life and uh it's it's home man i love this place that is so awesome. So the fact that you actually like, I think you're like one of the first Somali comedians that I've actually met um, or like, you know, like had, actually we've had on this podcast, but that actually got to know and stuff because, and I remember seeing your show on CBC and thinking, oh, this is pretty awesome as well. 
this is so cool. I mean, representation, Somalia is on the map. It's literally, you know, like we are on TV. Like we made it, Hoya, right? I know. Honestly, it's like, uh, it's, I don't think it's still, I'm still like getting used to this new thing that's happened because it's only been recent that I've been doing the show. Uh, so I, it still hasn't fully settled in that I am a Somali person on TV doing comedy and there aren't a lot of us doing this in general. So it's like, it's pretty cool, you know? Uh, um, and uh, I don't know, like I hope to do some cool art and I hope, you know, to, I don't know, make my people proud. Oh, we are proud, brother. Keep going and stuff like that. The, the important thing is, is the fact that, you know, you're going for it and, you know, like you're literally breaking through to fa the fact that you said you have your own show with your best friends on CBC. And that's like a big channel. Is that, that's like the equivalent of uh, the BBC in the UK, right? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, that's big. That's a big deal. Yeah. Don't under, don't underplay it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I called it a, a local broadcaster. I think the BBC has uh more international uh recognition than the uh -huh. cbc does because the bbc is known for um like you have so many different bbc channels and then also there's bbc news which is like pretty international so i feel it's it, it has a bit more of a, a bigger market than the cbc does but uh, yes it is a huge Huge in Canada, Canada exactly in Canada, CBC yeah. is big in Canada because I remember when I went to uh, I've been to Toronto a few times and stuff like that and I remember watching that channel so absolutely the fact that you've got a show on CBC that is a big deal and we are proud of you Alalo. and yes yeah, so congratulations on that and I would definitely love to dig deep in I mean for the people that are listening our audience they could be like you know future comedians listening in who would love to follow up in your footsteps and stuff because let's be honest a lot of us being from like you know um the background of somali is always like you know we do let's be honest whatever with our parents they always mashallah push us towards like you know medicine um what's it called lawyer engineering you know like the stem subjects and i think that if any like anybody else who's not even somali listening to this right now you know what it's like with immigrant parents <laughs> it's like hey you know what why don't you do this or whatever like i remember what i told my mom once oh i think i'm quite funny or whatever and, mom, and i'm like yeah maybe i'll be a comedian and she was like yeah like <laughs> what do you mean and stuff like that and i'm like yeah but i think i'm quite funny you know generally and uh, and then it's like you know like they, they don't see it like so it would be really nice to know like you know how you were able to um gain the support i'm obviously sure that your parents are supportive and stuff from your career so it would be just nice to know like how you actually um made it really if that's okay with you yeah no absolutely uh so did yeah, you attend like, university? I mean, how did you start? I mean, and oh, I, uh, I, can, I can we can get into the whole story. Yeah, so I, I did. Yes, I went to university. Um, so I, I went to university in 05 at the University of Toronto. I was a science student, just like you were talking about. You know, I was thinking of going to medical school, but it became obvious to me, uh, <laughs> or it like my grades really made it obvious that I was not going to get into medical school because I was a very mediocre student and i did not care to try it took me uh eight years to finish my undergrad degree uh because i was that bad just really like not i was that person to show up to final exams and forget that there was a final exam so i'd be sitting there and people put their <laughs> their their books away and all of a sudden uh, an exam would be put on our table i was like okay well 
we're going to wing it. Let's see how this goes. So that's how bad of a student I was. Um, when I graduated from UFT, um, that's uh, when, like, I guess a couple years later is when that journey for comedy began. Uh, th that was really interesting hearing you say that actually because that reminds me of like my first year of biomedical science and I remember being there and thinking oh okay then and I remember saying to mom and my dad I don't really enjoy biomedical science because before I thought I really did hence why I did that for my first year at uni but I remember halfway through I just thought this is not for me but my parents would not let me quit they were like you better finish it and after you finish that um, first year we can talk about <laughs> what degree what, what you want to change it to so I remember I finished I had to finish the whole year and in that summer I said to my mom and my dad I finished it now I passed it but you know what I don't want to go back for the second year and I want to change it to law and they just looked at me like okay you're going from sciences completely all the way to law but it's because if something if, if, if your heart is not into something it's not into it right it's not the fact that you're terrible at it it's the fact that deep down you're not what's the word um like you make an effort if you're interested in something right yeah absolutely so, so, yeah. I, so I, I think it's, it's, it's the effort is to do with interest and stuff. So I think obviously the fact that you actually finished your undergraduate, well done, honestly, for a subject that you weren't totally in love with, you know, that's kudos yeah, to you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Those moments in there where I was truly like, this is, I've made a terrible decision because um, I would, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this, but um, when I was at uh, University of Toronto, which is considered like a, pretty good university and in Canada uh, in particular and I, I don't know what it's international it's a big yes no it's a big university uh yeah from 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 being again like back in Canada I remember yeah it's actually it's one of the top universities no yeah exactly I don't know what its ranking is but like it's 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 has a reputation uh, some really uh amazing people have come through UFT and gone on to do like great things so I would parents knew I was going to UFT and they knew I was Somali so a lot of times my um some uh somali habro would ask me to speak to their kids and be like inspire my kid to go to university and this was around the time when i was pretty confident i didn't like university mm -hmm. so <laughs> they didn't know i was telling their kids this but i would <laughs> ask the kid i was like hey what do you want to do in university and uh if they couldn't answer that question i was like okay then you know university is there but like you don't have to go there now you can go there later. Like, I think there's, um, uh, I don't know how- Yeah, like a gap year? Yeah, do a gap year or take several years. Like, I don't know, there's no- um, Rush, it's like, not a race. Rush, yeah, there's no rush, but there is like some, so I don't know, there's like, I don't know if it's expectation of society put on or our parents or our communities or like just the people we, we are friends with of like, you have to, you finish high school, then you go to university, that's the step. Correct. And when you do university, then you start a career, but you're seeing now i mean the pandemics obviously made it clear but before the pandemic mm -hmm. like people like the university degree didn't doesn't carry as much weight as it once did especially if you're doing a very general degree correct and so and that's also can be a lot of money depending on what part of the world you live in and a correct. lot of time so like i having i mean I, I think all that going through university has brought me to this point that i am at now but i was telling those kids like I wanted to save them some of the heartache of being like you there's no point in doing this thing that you're not as you're saying if you're not passionate about it it's going to be so hard to study it's going to be so difficult to want to do well in it and then also you're like m spending money that you will have to pay back at some point 
so it's like this yeah just go work a regular job do whatever you know then if if you want to come back it will be here it's not going anywhere um and if you don't and you find there's something else you're interested in then go pursue that I think you gave them a really good advice for those kids, to be honest. <laughs> I think it was a really good on-point advice you gave them because, honestly, it's not a race. And, and I agree with you. It is society expectation. It's the fact that you see your other friends going and then you're like, oh, actually, I just want to do it as well. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, I don't know what, what, year, I mean, what age you guys start at university, but for us in England, after you do high school then you do something like i don't know like a two years at college or something like that i mean our college is like a, a sixth form just an extension and then at 18 you're supposed to start university and i feel like at 18 when i started university at 18 i feel like i was really young i don't think deep down you know i gave it a lot of thought um so i think if people do take a year gap sorry a year out it could be even like a two just to realize what is it that they actually want to study what is it that they actually want to do like and get some experience that carries a lot more weight than you having yeah. to rush through it you know absolutely and also being open to like um that there's no shame in going like as you were saying doing a year and being like no this is not for me you know exactly like, you don't like uh also i don't know it's another idea of like being married to like you got to do the same thing till the day you die when we know now like that people have like multiple careers uh, or multiple exactly. different things they pursue before before they die and that like you it's okay like to not know what you want to do and to just like work a job and just have passions outside of work that you pursue and like just live a life you know but i understand the, the university degree can pay you more money depending on what you do and it can give you a leg up because employers will be like oh you have a degree they make all these assumptions about you but I was a terrible student who had a degree and like I just my vocabulary I might know a few words <laughs> a few more words uh, than I did if I hadn't gone to university but I think I could have learned those words if I uh, picked up a book uh, outside exactly or an e-learning course you could pick that up too I mean I don't regret my time at university it was a great time I got to meet fantastic friends I um what's it called I studied like a subject the second subject that I studied was something that was I really enjoyed compared to my first subject but like you said it's it, it's about like you know when you reflect back you think actually university is not the only way and if anyone's listening and stuff like that consider your options if you want to go to university go for it and stuff like that but just make sure that you think about what is it that you actually want to do and what is it that you actually want to study and if you don't know what it is that you want to study take time out that's all me and Guleda are saying we're not yeah. anti-university we're just saying take your time exactly <laughs> and also it doesn't have to be a forever thing whatever you choose you can reassess and be like oh maybe this is not the thing i i want to do there's something else i'm interested in it's okay to like you know to exactly no shame course, you know uh, yeah it's it's difficult i know it's so much easier uh said than done which i feel it like is. is for most advice <laughs> is like listen you're you're gonna have to just go through the and figure it out on your own but like just try to be as easy on yourself as you can uh while going through life which doesn't really come with a handbook you just gotta <laughs> i don't know stumble through it stumble through it, exactly go through it no i agree with you it, honestly it's like yeah if you don't like something if you like me if you do a course and you don't like it in your first year or you don't enjoy it for whatever reason um just 
move on to the next course honestly I mean I remember feeling such a burden and feeling like such a failure because I just thought oh my god I let my family down I'm not going to be the biomedical scientist anymore and you know like you you make it worse than it is in your head but it's okay you know it's okay at the end of the day your calling is something else you know my calling was to do law and I loved it and it suited my personality the same with you and stuff like that what you're doing now suits you and your personality so Mm -hmm. it's just yeah so so don't feel embarrassed about you know failing a year or like you know or changing subjects or like you know quitting a job that you don't like in life just think of yourself right that's what we're saying (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah Exactly. That's really cool. No, thank you for those words of advice, Guled. So, so tell us then, how did you, I'm really keen to hear, after you attended university and you finished, what happened from there on? What did you do since graduation? Did you, what job did you take? And yeah, and how did, yeah, so how did you, and how did you break through? So after I finished, I uh, picked up a random jobs and the one that stuck was I ended up working at a children's clothing store. We sold like uh, used children's clothing and like equipment you know like uh like strollers and toys and such um and i worked there for quite some time like about two two years or so uh maybe two and a half years and while i was working there i was also volunteering uh for this group on campus uh, back in my uh, alma mater uh because tr- i thought at that time i wanted to do public health so i was volunteering at a group that was doing some public health initiatives to try to get some experience um, that I could put on the resume and then also figure out the next steps of doing a master's degree. While I was there, um, the coordinator um, uh, of my group, I had a crush on and was trying for a long time to, um, I should have taken the hint earlier on that um, they weren't interested, but trying to get coffee with them. And one day they're like, yeah, let's grab some coffee. And uh, one of the first things they had asked me was like, what were what would you do like or ask me like actually like what i wanted to do and i talked to them about public health but it was like very long-winded and and not to the point and she i think saw through and was like i don't think this is something you like uh and literally said remind me never to ask you this question again so i felt uh (laughs) seen but afterwards we had this great conversation where she was like what would you do if uh, money weren't an obstacle and uh, she's like, I'll answer first to give you some time. She's like, if money were an obstacle, I would pursue singing. I'm not good at singing, but if money were an obstacle, I didn't have to worry about paying bills, that's what I would do. And she asked me, what would you do? And I said, comedy. And she was like, okay, why don't you give that a try? And a week later, I did my first open mic, and it's been six and a half years since. Wow, that is amazing. So literally your supervisor saw right through you by just asking that one question. And she asked such a great question. What would you do if money was not an obstacle? Brilliant. Yeah, which is like, but it's like, it's so like, uh, you want to think about it, like, it is like such a great question to get you to the core of like, of to think of stuff, you know, like, because a lot of times you do things because I hate the society we live in. You got to pay bills, you know, like, yes, uh, (laughs) we got to pay the bills. You can't escape that. Um, So a lot of times decisions are made to help you pay bills. Um, So, yeah, that was like and it it came at the perfect time because I was, uh, you know, like just living at home with family. Really, my bills were so cheap that I could also take this leap of faith because I'm like, I don't have to hold down a full time job. 
exactly thank god for was it called being with family homes because like you said that's really that's like a big privilege to be able to live with family save money and you know you've got like that support like you said right yeah that's amazing and um so literally you did your first open mic how was the first open mic were you nervous tell us about that experience oh i was so nervous uh, i went to this mic um <laughs> Um, called Skin of My Nuts. Um, what a great name. And uh, I, I went there super early. Just I was so keen. Uh, I came there before even the guy who was running the mic had set up the the mic and everything. And uh, I, I signed my name up. I, I think I arrived there like at before like 8.45ish. And I didn't get on till about 1, 1.05 in the morning. Uh, wow so <laughs> 105 like in the morning that's yeah, a lot it was, it was a it was a long way and it, it it turned out like this was just um something that this particular mic did which was you had to you know you have to know the host and they had to know how good you were and then there was a chance of you getting bumped up and going on earlier which happened eventually uh years down the line but yeah you, so you got upgraded <laughs> to I the did, front yeah, yeah exactly i got i got to go on i didn't have to wait like uh four hours but I yeah I went on and I was so nervous I had like a few ideas written down on a piece of paper that I thought were jokes that in hindsight was uh, I think they were just statements uh, with no punchlines. Were uh, they so like lame I, jokes like lame lame? <laughs> like I don't even even these things are just the observations I don't even think they had a punchline or a blow that was funny it was just me saying hey have you guys ever noticed this thing and then not even say the end like there was no ending to the joke. And I, I see I had, what you mean. Yeah, it was just, it was just, just terrible. It was not, it was, it was not good. <laughs> but, but it was your I, first time. It was your first time, and the fact it that it took was, confidence yeah. for you to actually sign up and go there. Like, how, how did you get the confidence? I mean, I always look at comedians on stage, and I just think, oh my god, they look so confident, and they're like, like, oh wow, like you know. So, so for you to pick, to, you picked up that courage. What was that like? Were you just like, just do it, Gulet, just do it, Gulet? Did you have to hype yourself up? Absolutely. I mean, that that was like there. Um, that was exactly it. Cause I, I saw my when my that uh, that friend told me to try comedy. I looked online to find an open mic and found like a listing online which had this this mic listed. And um, I went there and I signed up. But I was the whole show because I was there for four hours. Uh -huh. I kept thinking, oh man, oh god, what am I doing? I don't because like, he didn't. <laughs> Like I wasn't told when I was going on, no. so it felt like at any moment I could go on. Oh yes, uh, and that and that feeling stayed for four hours. Yes, I, and then I, the nerves. Also, I was too shy to ask, like, "Hey, when am I going on?" So at least then I have an idea that yes. I could be like, "Okay, I can you know relax for a bit." So I was just on edge for four hours, just like, "Is it now? Am I next? Am I next? Am I next?" Yes, and uh, and it, that feeling stayed with me for the entire time, and to the point even when he called my name, I did, and this feeling stayed with me for like i think the first year uh, or maybe mm -hmm. a handful of months where every time my name got called i had a f i had a fight or flight response which is i c they don't know who i am because i'm yes. a new person i could just keep quiet yeah. and not even move they wouldn't know like who's guled like they're not gonna like they they don't know it's a somali person they don't know anything so i, c I could just stay and not move and just they'll move on to the next person and they'll be like oh this person i guess they left <laughs> But uh, every time I was like, oh, they call my name. I was like, and that, those thoughts would happen so fast. But I would get up and just, I would do I, it. I would be zoning out a little bit, like just panic and be like, all right, I'm going. And I just like, 
everything felt slow motion like i'm grabbing the mic okay holding paper looking at people and it was just it was terrifying <laughs> for for quite some time you know that you describing that just um, reminds me of like my public speaking like the first time i had to do public speaking and every time like i had to do public speaking for the first year because i absolutely hated talking in front of like you know like a large crowd of people i didn't have a problem talking to like small groups but you know like when you get like loads of people i i did not like being on stage i think it's called stage fright that's what it was i did oh, not like yeah. it and and i would get really nervous so you know when you were describing it it just started making me feel anxious and excited at the same time <laughs> yeah because it's like i understand it's a very it's a very i think natural this i'm sure there's people who don't have that same level of stage fright uh but it's, no, a, mm -hmm. it's a very natural feeling to um put yourself out to feel vulnerable correct that's chaos, the word you know yes um and you feel vulnerable so vulnerable you're like oh my god everyone's watching me everyone's exactly. gonna listen to me oh my god yeah and so like yeah so like you're like oh man this i might have I might have done I might have I might embarrass myself and this might go terribly yes uh, and it might destroy my like my like you know my self-esteem and some yes in some imposter syndrome way, you know? kicks in imposter syndrome kicks in and you're like oh, am I even be am I even good enough to be speaking on stage with all these people or whatever and then you question yourself and it's a cycle and I realize with this whole thing it's 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 just the fact that you're going outside the comfort zone and like you said it's, it's like the fight or flight mode that you're in you're just like oh actually you know what? I gotta do this and you're like oh and after and after you do it you you feel fantastic you feel ex like you know the excitement kicks in or whatever but at the beginning is nerve-wracking so i completely mm -hmm. understand and on top of that with you you're telling jokes so you're even supposed to make people laugh so you have it 10 yeah. times harder you know i mean yeah it, it, did, it did feel yeah <laughs> like all those feelings and trying to be funny which i wasn't for for a, a bit of time like i i thought i was funny because i was getting like a laugh but listening back on uh, to those some of those recordings was like oh this was like this is terrible like this is what i would consider now a terrible set but at that time just getting on stage and then as you're saying feeling elated when i got off because like i faced a fear it yes. didn't kill me and i got through it that exactly that, feel, that high made me high. feel yeah. like i succeeded um even if the jokes didn't land so for me like for so many months i just doing it going and actually doing it was like I felt like I was winning every single time. Like, okay, I another day where I face this fear, another night where I face this fear, another yes. night and just kept doing it till eventually it still is with me. That fright, that stage fright is still there. Um mm -hmm. and it all depends. Like some days it'll come up more than others, but like I keep reminding myself that like I I've done this. I've I've done this now for six and a half years. That like it's the worst that can happen is it does not go well, but I will not die amazing i really love your mindset and how you've changed it into a way that works for you by just reminding yourself actually you know what i've got this i've got this like you know you, and and your courage honestly i admire your courage the way the fact that you know you persisted and like we said afterwards i mean for anybody who's listening who might have i don't know done public speaking or i don't know it could be you're a comedian listening out there by the time you've done your set of like you know whether you've been doing public speaking or a, com a comedy session like you said the high honestly like you know the way is, is, is it under fiends or something like you know when you feel like the good was it called the feel good energy or like yeah, you know that yeah. thing that goes into your brain is it under fiends i can't, yeah, I can't yeah. remember that's it yeah, yeah that goes yeah, all exactly in what it does, but i've heard i've heard people say endorphins 
and exactly that literally it's, it's like it's comp it's like the runner's high so if any of you are runners you will know that after you do a race you you have that high after running and you're so like oh like you know i did it or whatever you feel like at the top of the world <laughs> but, um th that's how it is with um after you do like stage speaking and obviously with, and like you described it Gulaid now as well it's, it's like you're like oh yes I did it it's really excited and I realized for me as well as like after I when I was doing the public speaking when I would get my anxiety and I also get excitement I started calling actually I'm not anxious I'm just anxiement I've got anxiement <laughs> I called it a new word yeah. <laughs> just to keep myself going yeah no and, and I think that's like the part that sometimes is missed is uh when you see someone on stage or doing something that you you find scary the feeling is like that person is totally in command and doesn't find it scary when the reality is they might be but there's a very good chance that they just they've over years of doing this have found ways to like stay with their anxiety figure out a way to like remind themselves like i'm, I'm literally i still to this day give myself pep talks that's how Good. I do it, you know, like I'll even film in the show, there's moments where I feel like absolutely like uncertain of anything that I'm doing. And I'm like, and it's a totally scary out of body experience where you're like, I gotta be in front of a camera, but all of a sudden I'm not sure what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. feel like I'm just, everything I do is gonna be wrong. And literally having to sometimes just, when nothing else works, just tell myself, uh, I love you, it's gonna be okay. I love you, it's gonna be okay. And then. You know, just trying not to let it show my face, and surprisingly, it's it's worked so far. No, that it really does talk, and, and you know what, you something just really um um what's it called? I, I just picked up the, the last thing that you said as well, and I thought that is just so beautiful the way that you actually were talking to yourself like you are your own best friend when you said I love you, you got this and so that, and this is you telling yourself I love you, you're telling your soul I love you, I got this. I think that's just um, what's the word honestly it's amazing uh, it's I think more of us need to start talking to ourselves and uh, having those pub talks with ourselves and just telling ourselves no matter what happens I love you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's beautiful well done yeah no thank you it was, it's 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 still a struggle you know but like I'm I'm trying yeah, at, at times to just remind myself that like it's gonna be okay and just yeah just trying to soothe myself be like I it's anxiety like a lot of anxiety a lot of correct you know, just we we carry so many feelings i'm sure everyone has we do yes up upbringing and things that we feel about ourselves and uh they can come out in environments when you are feeling vulnerable you know where yes then all these thoughts that i have about myself about how maybe i'm not cut out for for this and how like uh like uh you know there's people who do this and they are so much this they deal with such more more grace and much ease with more ease than i do that i'm like maybe i should just do something else and those 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 imposter syndrome and all these feelings about yeah, imposter syndrome yep yep it, yeah. it always comes imposter syndrome is like an old friend it will always come and visit you and all i say is whenever it comes and visits me i greet it i just say hello imposter syndrome i haven't got time for you today just shut up <laughs> literally just shut up imposter syndrome i have not got time to myself and, and i actually say that loudly and i think if somebody who didn't know, know me heard me or whatever they think this girl is a bit crazy or whatever but you mm -hmm. literally have to shut those negative thoughts straight away i mean yeah like especially if you if you got to do something right now uh that it's like i gotta find a way to just to control it to yeah, control to it like, 
to like I got I got to find a way to like this feeling is not going to disappear in this nope. moment, but like I have to find a way to ground myself in something, you know. So yeah, like if it's a mantra, or breathing or whatever. So yeah, for me, it's a that I love you. It's going to be okay. And and I love that. And I think anybody who's listening, take notes and stuff because this is really great. Um, something that we can all do more often from. And like you said, a lot of us struggle with this. And um, so tell me about it then. So basically, you've been doing the comedy for six and a half years. At what stage did you tell your parents, this is, I'm taking this professionally? And how was it like? Did, did they come like after a year to your show? Did they come for the first six months? I mean, at what point did they take you seriously and think, okay, you know what, we got you, we're, we're with you throughout, and, and you're going to do this professionally? At what point did you even think to yourself, oh, I'm going to do this professionally? Well, I told like because uh, my dad's my only living parent, so I told him pretty much I think a few months into this that I was doing comedy, and uh, I I literally had a I remember talking to him. I sat down with him. We went to a mall nearby his place and <laughs> in the food court. I was <laughs> telling him that I was gonna uh, pursue comedy. Probably could have done it somewhere else, um, because uh, he was like understandably confused and uh was trying to talk me out of doing comedy but i wanted him to know that i was doing comedy because i felt like um i didn't want to uh, do this in secrecy uh i need i needed like i i knew i was gonna get seen uh just being out and about and uh, at different bars especially where a lot of comedy happens so i was like i i don't want to i don't want to hide this thing that is that i want to try to give uh my 100 percent effort to so i was like I, I i felt like he had to know before i um could like truly just pursue it freely so you literally had that honest conversation with him and like you said if, even after he was like mm, he wasn't sure about it it's the fact that you you you, you were firm and you said oh well this is what i want to do yeah yeah i, I did good like I, I yeah i've just give me your I, blessings alba give me your blessings please yes well, he was he he didn't uh, give me his blessings then but like after um i got the show he was ecstatic and in fact gave me a high five i remember i was like so happy and then started sharing his he, like wanted to share an anecdote of like a stand-up comedian that he heard on the radio recently so like it i think that was the first moment where i maybe realized there was another part of this that i didn't quite understand in the beginning i thought oh it's just a, a typical somali dad who maybe d doesn't want their kid pursuing anything outside of these x x y and z field but i realized um that he was also just afraid because uh, he didn't understand what this thing was and how I was going to live off this and I couldn't reassure him because I didn't know how I was going to live off this until I got the show it was very much like me working part-time jobs here and there uh, just making uh, enough to pay bills and maybe a little more and then pursuing this thing that I was hoping would one day pay me enough that I could pay my bills so once he knew I was doing the show and I was going to be financially set I think he was um he i don't think he loves comedy but he loves the fact that i am financially secure and that i will be okay 
that's wonderful is the fact that you it's like you understand where your dad's coming from and and your dad like you said he's super proud of you now but at the time it's just because of the upbringing and obviously how a lot of our families grew up like you said they worry for you don't they they worry for you because they want you to be happy they want you to be um what's the word be able to self-sustain so the worries that he has for you it's obviously um a lot of parents will have that but it's the fact that like you said you were resilient and you actually and and um obviously i'm sure you were patient with your dad as well because deep down you were just like okay you know what? i'm just gonna it's a process and it mashallah it worked out yeah yeah it was it was i took i took a bet and it <laughs> It was. It really is a gamble doing, uh, doing anything, especially in the arts. It feels like a lot of times because there's a lot of people doing it, and you work for free so many times in the hopes that eventually someone will pay you to do the thing you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, like it was definitely a gamble that I was doubtful of many times um and still am doubtful of it surprised me even with the show because uh, there's no um guarantee that you keep working you know and that like every every job that i get um uh i'm i'm thankful for and i'm thankful that like you know uh as for now like i keep, i get to keep doing the show for another season which is cool that's amazing and 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 just to add to your point there's no guarantee in life with anything even with permanent job school aid i mean look since the pandemic happened how many people lost their secure jobs jobs that you that thought oh i would never ever um was it called be out of a job like i'll just give you an example like so even though i studied law i went into the human resource management um that's my um bread and butter that's what pays my bills and stuff like that and, and that's the business that i set up it's, it's a HR management consultancy and I've been doing that seven years alhamdulillah and obviously with HR a lot of the times is we're brought in so we can solve people's problems and employees issues because let's be honest um, with employees misbehave you obviously you know there's a process that you need to follow and somebody's got to do that job and I absolutely love it because because I studied law I'm very good at employment law and employee relations and um so I've always said to my um, the people that I know is as a HR consultant within my own business, I would never, ever be out of work because the only time that I would ever be out of work is if people misbehave. Do you know? I'm mm. sorry, not if, if, if everybody behaves. So if right, everybody right. starts getting along with each other, I'm out of business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how I always said it. If, you, if, if everybody starts getting along and everybody loves each other all of a sudden, then I'm out of a business because there's right. no more problems for me to solve, okay? And pandemic happened now and uh, everybody were like you know I was busy for the first couple of months and then um, bit by bit a lot of the businesses that I was helping out they had to put their employees on furlough I don't know how if you guys have that in Canada as well where you just, it's called furlough so you're putting your employees like almost like on leave just mm. till the, while the business picks up again oh yeah I don't, I don't know yeah what, that, what that's called here in the uk yes we call it furlough and this is like a term that i actually started a lot of people just only started using since the pandemic before of that nobody really heard of it mm -hmm. and it was like so all of a sudden a lot of half of my client like a good 50 percent of my clients had their staff on furlough and from the time the staff on furlough they're literally just at home they're not working they're not doing anything it was like 50 percent, just like that it's just gone quiet subhanallah mm -hmm. you know what i mean and yeah. normally this would be something that would never ever 
ever ever happened and and it wasn't only happened to me but it happened to a lot of my colleagues and a lot, everybody that I knew and, I, and we just thought this is just crazy so I always say you know what no matter what you do in um in life there's always risks and there's no guarantee that's true yeah exactly yeah. so um so exactly no good job though like it's a fact like you said that i really like the conversation that you and your dad had and the fact that you know like you said he's super proud of you now and you know he sees your hustle you know and the fact like you said to, to get to the show that you had now like you said you did a lot of work you've um you've done a lot of free work like you said as well just so it can all paid off and you took a big risk is a big gamble but it all paid off and if you didn't take that risk Guled, can you imagine there would be no show now there'll be no cp show for you because yeah. you didn't take that first step no absolutely I, yeah I, I think back to all the moments while doing this where i uh considered quitting because mm -hmm. it felt like well this is not leading anywhere uh there's people who are uh, funnier than me which is will always be the case uh people who work who i think work harder than me um people who do work harder than me um and so like yeah just all these thoughts and being like well let me what what are the chances that i'll ever make it you know whatever that mm -hmm. looks like so yes. that i do think about that at times where i'm like man like uh, even to the group i'm with now the truth to tall boys like there was times when we were before we got the show where i was telling them and i thought it where I was being very earnest where i was like i don't know if i can continue doing this like i i think i think i might i might call it quits and i always felt so bad telling them that because uh it was like my deepest fear uh and still is at times my deepest fear of like uh is this something i want to keep doing for ever and or is this just another stop into as part is this just another uh way stop for something else that's waiting for me in the future yeah. um so yeah it's like it it it's it's crazy like, i don't know yeah like it's a cycle what could happen no, exactly. You'd never know where it happens. But the most important thing is like, we can't, uh, w when we want to move forward, obviously, we're not going to keep just looking back, isn't it? Or whatever. Otherwise, you know, you got to focus as what ahead of you. And but it's good, like, you know what, to look back at all the struggles that you've had to get to it. Whenever you doubt yourself, look at how far you've come. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, because you can only connect the dots when you basically do it backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I, yeah, you just, I, I never knew, I never knew any of this could have happened. Uh, and the Gulag from a couple of years ago would have, um, like, yeah, I would have, like, would, <laughs> I, like, he was, I, that's the same me, but like from the past was, yeah, very doubtful any of this would have happened. So like, I'm, I'm here now and I'm like, oh, this is, it's crazy. Like, I, 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 I held on and it, uh, it, and I got also a lucky break because there's many people I know who have done this longer than I have um who aren't in the same position so i'm like wow this is like this is cool you know like it just it, it happened to work out and like um i'm like this this i'm grateful that like i, I stuck around exactly no that's amazing uh, so how did the show come about and stuff and you said you get to do it with your best friends is that your best friends that you got to meet while you were on the circuit together or did you meet them from school and then you guys just pitched the show how did the show come about i'm really excited to hear about the tall yeah. boys show yeah yeah, the Tall Boys show. So, like, I I knew all the boys before we started this show, but the person I was closest with, um, like, at the time was uh, Franco. He's a, a Vietnamese guy on the troupe. And we would do open mics together a lot. And we 
we clicked i think because we had like similar uh, uh i felt like personalities both of us very quiet um uh you know soft-spoken dudes who did comedy and uh i think i think like and also the same age too so like there was a lot of moments where we're like yeah we're good. I, I feel like this was a a perfect match and then uh tim uh who's um the other, uh, the, other, the other black guy on the troop we uh rode the same bus together many times because we lived like very close to one another uh the only person who i knew the least at the time was vance but vance and tim were 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 um best friends from the humber comedy program where they were both studying uh comedy at the time it's like a two-year program in toronto where like a lot of really funny people have come out of that school and so uh the uh Tim and uh, Franco were doing a Second City program together, and uh, Tim mentioned that Vance wanted to form a sketch troupe together, or, or do improv, I think. And Franco was like, "Oh, Gulad's mentioned he wants to do the same thing. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we all like join forces and make a troupe together?" And so Tim sent out a message and was like, "Hey, let's like you guys want to form a troupe and let's like do some sketch and apply for this festival here in Toronto." And we're like, "Yeah." So we d we did that and. Our first outing, which was the first festival we applied to, we got a chance to be part of the Best of Fest, which is like a, f uh, a, f a final show they put on at the end of the festival where uh, the troops that they deemed were like the best in the festival get to perform like a sketch. And so we were one of those troops. And what I didn't know, though, was that um, Vance had worked in a room with who would, uh, Bruce McCullough, who is now our uh, executive producer, and uh bruce had heard about our troupe through vance and told these producer friends um that he works with to go check us out he's like because i've heard these guys are funny and so our first outing we meet the people who we're now working with and uh i was the one that talked to them and they were like hey you know you guys are funny have you guys ever thought of doing a tv show and i was like <laughs> yeah yes i you know i was like i'm not gonna say no to that question but um I didn't get their contact information because it was the first time I've ever been asked that question. So I just let them go. I said bye. And I was like, just trust <laughs> trusted in the universe that they'll find me. And they did. And eventually they s we sat down and like, you know, put together like a, a, a show Bible and, a, and, and pitched to uh, a couple networks. And eventually CBC um, said like, yeah, you know, uh, we like this and let's make a TV show. That is amazing. The way that it all connected, like with you, like that you met some amazing people. You guys do a sketch show together. You go to the festival, and one thing led to another. It was so supposed to be, you know. Yeah. What's meant to be will be. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, yeah, I, I never, yeah, I didn't expect our first outing to lead to us making a connection with people who want to help us make a TV show. This is what I mean. And that's because of your energy, though, is because of your energy. Like you said, you, you might have been doubtful, but at the same time, you believed and you continued. You know what I mean, Gulaid? You didn't, mm. what's it called, have a pity party for yourself, did you? And just and just quit and stop, like, doing the comedy shows or anything like that. You kept going. Yeah, I had I had several pity parties. I didn't invite anybody to them, but <laughs> I, I did. I had many of them. But, but did you continue like, going? <laughs> I just continued, yeah. Like, I would have nights where I was like, I'm not going out tonight. And I think that's just part of the process for me of like i need yes. some moments to just like you know recoup and yes. to, to lick my wounds because like they like i i don't do this thing like my ego is involved in this thing even as much as i would love if it weren't mm -hmm. and so like that when i don't do well you know like it's a, it hurts it feels like it's a blow to my ego and 
I can have a lot of, uh, I'm very good at convincing myself that it wasn't my fault, that in fact it was someone else's fault, uh, maybe the yes. audience. And then there's times when I'll blame myself, rightfully so, being like, okay, you just didn't work on this joke enough. So yeah, I had many pity parties, but uh, I just- But you got over know, them, exactly. Just, just I, I've had a lot of pity parties too and stuff, but, we, but we, get, we get over it. Like you said, you need that time to recoup, which is exactly what you said, isn't it? You need that time to recoup, dust yourself off and try again. Yeah, exactly. And, and and so yeah, so like yeah, I just I kept I kept trying and just yeah, like just Alhamdulillah. Even though things were scary, just kept trying and I and also having like people like Franco who um got me into another sketch troupe that we were a part of called Fusion and before Tall Boys and I was scared to join that troupe but he kept telling me, Come out, you know, try out for it, you'll be great and I think if he hadn't, you know, pushed me to do that, then when Tall Boys was on the table I felt much more um, excited to do it and less apprehensive than I did the first time. So like, it's just, you never know how these things will, will unfold. That's fantastic. It's great that you have, you have such a good supportive network and stuff and people like we said, who are encouraging to you as well. That's brilliant. And we all need that. The support network is very important. Thanks for sharing that with us. I really enjoyed hearing that. Yeah. So now then, um, Obviously, like, you know, so you're, mashallah, you know, now you've got, you guys have got your show. It's the second season coming on. So tell me, Guled, how do you keep motivated? Uh, that's, a, that's something that I'm still struggling with till this day. I, I find that, um, at least for the show, having deadlines has really helped. Uh, knowing that there's a team and people relying on me to get something done has been pretty good. I also, um, when I can, I will try to just journal an idea that I have, even if I'm not feeling super confident about it, so that like, then I can look back on it maybe a week, a month down the line and be like, oh, this idea actually has something in there. Uh, but the big thing has been, um, uh, or the big thing it used to be, was I would, if I was feeling especially uh, down, I would go watch someone else perform and that would usually, uh, make me so happy that I'm like, oh, the feeling I have, I want to create that for someone else. And then I would, on the way home, write some jokes or some ideas. That's wonderful. So basically, you'll be inspired by somebody else. And like you said, you just take that time out to enjoy a show or something. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so many people in this city, uh, in Toronto, who are like so, so funny. So just going to watch a random show, I would, I'm guaranteed that I would see something that would like make me go oh this is this is amazing i'm inspired by this person yes. performing no that's wonderful to hear like yeah well, like the days that i want to like you know the days that we just want to feel a bit more motivated I, I i like watching just a bit of netflix shows just to like just watch something and get my mind of it you know mm -hmm. so it's really nice so yeah shows and yeah that's really lovely to hear and what would you say then is um how do you describe yourself in three words Ah, three words. Um, uh, you can have ten if you like. No, no, I'm, I'm going to stick to the three. Uh, <laughs> I, I like a challenge. Uh, I would describe myself as uh, tall, uh, thoughtful, and uh, silly. I like that. Fantastic three words. It's always interesting, isn't it? When you ask people like, oh, how do you describe yourself in three words? And then you ask them, how would your friends describe you? And then it's always interesting what you get. I, I, to be honest with you, I would love to know how my friends describe me in three <laughs> words. 
Uh, well, that could be a challenge for next time. You can just say, how would you describe me in three words? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I want to know how people really think about me. <laughs> I'm sure it's all great things. I hope um, so. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say in, like, out of all the stuff that you've done, Guled, and obviously, like, I know you're just scratching the surface, and mashallah, like, you know, inshallah, there's going to be more amazing things coming for you. But just looking at how far you've been and all the stuff that you've done in your work life, your personal life, etc. What would you say is your greatest achievement thus far? Mm. Uh, I don't know. This one doesn't feel like it has a... Uh, it's hard to quantify, but I feel since starting comedy, I've been on this journey of coming into myself, of like being more in line with the person I want to be and the things that I want to be doing. And so I feel like even above the TV show is this feeling that like, if, uh, if I want to do something I can, and that like, even as, as scary as like thinking of what could a life outside of comedy feel like, uh, how scary that is right now that like there was a time when what could comedy feel like was scary. So I think that's like, uh, that's a feeling that saved me where I'm like, oh, I can, I can do it. it. It will be scary and I'm sure daunting, but like, it's possible. It's a great achievement, honestly. The fact that you, what you just said now, that is a ac big achievement, honestly. And I think that's something you should be very proud of every single day. No, just, you, yeah, yeah w w when you said that, I just thought, yes, that really resonates. And yeah, um, it's, it's so it's a very, <laughs> it's a very like, yeah, that's why I was like, it's hard to quantify because like, I'm like you would have had to have met me six years ago and <laughs> you know exactly you, you you've grown in the last six years and like you've said it's the fact that you've pr you're proud of how far you've come and the proud of who you are now right absolutely even yeah. more even more so yeah even more so uh, like you said you know you're you're you, what you've done just to get to where you are now mashallah mm -hmm. and how do you how do you overcome challenges then? So I think those two questions are in line really. It actually resonates with from what you've already said. But how do you, if you had to describe or like, I don't know, maybe just tell us one or two things of how do you overcome challenges um, that you had in your career? Like how do you overcome any challenges basically? Oh, it was, uh, I think a mixture of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a lot of things. One was uh, at times just doing it, uh, even when it was, uh, very hard like just I've gone on stage uh, so many times and full-on like I know the whole time I am like panicking on the inside but on the surface if I ask friends who are watching me they'd be like no you look pretty calm so I'm like okay so I can just that would that would still stick in my head okay so even when I'm panicking I can still <laughs> make it look like I'm not um, uh, and other thing was really the support system uh, having friends who I could, you know, just vent to and like express my express my frustrations. Uh, Those are wonderful. Thank you. And 
obviously like you know with obviously with the fact that we're still in the pandemic with the whole COVID-19 saga from 2020 to now 2021 is still following us um mm. what has been some of the challenges that you had to overcome in um in your career um regard with, with the whole pandemic i mean I, i can imagine obviously if um toronto is similar to the uk you guys had a lot of lockdowns and maybe like there's been restrictions on live shows um like you know so uh, how have you been able to like be doing any comedy shows or how were you able to adapt i i feel like i've been lucky because i um the thing that was paying my bills was the tv show and that got put on hold for several months so there was a moment where i was genuinely um trying to accept the idea that this might not come back because i didn't know especially in the beginning it was hard to tell uh, how long things would stay shut down for so uh, i got lucky that our show came back And so I had a week or so before I was like, okay, it's, I, I got to remember to put my mask back on when we're done a scene, put a ticket off and we're going in front of camera. And just those, those protocols became like just now just part of daily grind. Excellent. No, absolutely. Like you, like you said, it's, but you know, just thinking back of what you said at the beginning of COVID, I don't blame you for thinking how you thought It's because none of us knew what was going on. Who knew? Who would have known? I mean, when you thought of COVID last year, in my mind, I always thought is, oh, maybe like give it like three months and we'll be back to normal. That's how mm. I thought about it. I don't, I'm not sure how you thought of it, but I just thought maybe give it three, four months and everything will be back to normal. I underestimated it. Same with as a lot of other people. And I remember seeing like, like people talking about like, you know, how, um, like what will happen and it just made me really scared and I just wanted to shut down that's how I felt I just didn't want to hear it anymore I got really scared from hearing all of it it was just a lot going on but none of us just knew did we Guled so all you could do is just do the best in that situation and just be hopeful and it paid off yeah it did and and I 100% agree with you were like I uh I didn't realize till we started filming how uh how scared i was and how uh, unsure i was about the future and how like how sad that made me mm-hmm. until we were doing something where i was like oh i feel different i feel a bit more alive right now um because yeah like i i truly i remember when it first happened we were supposed to like start pre-production the same week that everything like the nba shut down the week the nba shut down we were supposed to start the following week um the the pre-production of like doing rehearsals and stuff and they were like okay we're gonna be off for maybe a couple weeks and then that couple weeks turned to like maybe a month and then i got to probably like okay we can't give you an actual date because uh everything is like it felt like every day new information was coming up of how serious this was and how it was it was changing the world rapidly so yeah like i i definitely i i feel you on that none of us exactly none of us knew anything and stuff like that it's just trying to make the best out of situation and like you know um may allah have mercy on all the people that lost their lives um of of this pandemic and stuff it it, it, it has been really hard and like you said the fact that you know you're trying to put your morale up just to keep going that's like a achievement on his own and like you said you go back to the studio to record um so that's brilliant thank you for sharing that with us school ed and what would you (laughs) and what would you say is then um 
if you were to obviously like you know now um obviously just think of everything what would you say is your biggest role model who is your biggest role model or models uh, if you've got a few yeah. it's up to you <laughs> uh i'd say when i was starting comedy and it still is um this comedian gerard carmichael uh really uh inspired me and but then i also i think as i've done it now i've come to realize there are many people who are doing similar things or following the same mantra that he is which is the idea that like always be doing what you want to do which is such a such a hard thing to do because like 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 sometimes like i don't have an answer for that question um i definitely know like that when starting comedy that i truly felt like oh this is something i want to do um but like it's hard it was hard it's it's hard even during the pandemic which is like um feel like what what what's happening in the world uh, what's the place of comedy in this world um and like there's something is there something else i could be doing to contribute to society that's not just like making making people laugh um so but like i do that mantra stuck with me do what you want to do and just try my hardest to always check in with myself and ask myself like okay how, how are things going uh is this what i want to be doing and sometimes it's as simple as just like in a, in a day just being like you know what i just want to uh, you know what i, w- I want to go for a walk or i want to i want to get some uh some take or i want to do that sometimes it's as simple as that other times it's like bigger like um career changing things fantastic no i really like that and i've made notes of that i'll definitely use that and what would you say is um basically with your career and everything like that you've seen and to any aspiring comedians or anybody who wants to get into the creative industry i mean let's be honest as um, people from somalia um we're very underrepresented aren't we um in the creative Mm -hmm. sector and on tv mashallah it's getting better but however we're still very underrepresented compared to a lot of people from ethnic minorities and so anybody who wants to make a break or like you know wants to get into it what advice would you give or, or it could be even this could even advice can be even for people that want to do career transition to be honest um mm. but what advice would you give to somebody who wants to follow in in your footsteps and yeah what would you give what, what advice to somebody younger somebody older anyone who's listening uh yeah uh, it's always yeah i find i find that question sometimes hard because it is so circumstantial it that, is like of, of how how things play out in different people's uh trajectories um but like uh now with covid obviously i would say like go do some live shows try it out see how you like it but obviously with covid that's a it's a very irresponsible thing to do now mm-hmm. um but i'd say like yeah like i mean right down online the shows they can do online shows yeah so online shows exist find some event bright exactly event bright yeah. charge somebody like five pound or something or five dollars i don't yeah, know find, find someone who's already doing a show and stuff there's like from some shows you can jump on and and try ideas but like i feel like the and like the covid has uh shown how big just being like a personality online can be like if you can just create content and an audience will find you so like just trying that out you know because especially if you can't go and perform in front of people just like trying out ideas like you know and 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 writing down things you find funny recording them and they are they're gonna they're, they might you might strike gold it might be garbage but just like trying it and see how, how it lands how you feel about it 
and um if you like especially if you're trying to transition into comedy my big thing is always like um uh still keep your day job always uh if, if you know you need something to pay the bills uh comedy is, is not going to do that for uh for some time uh if you're lucky like me maybe you can get it in a couple of years but if not you might be grinding for a lot longer and just um just yeah always just try to be like having uh checking in with yourself having as much fun as you can because like all these things that have happened to me have been just me just doing the thing trying to be a decent person people who are like-minded finding me we we collaborate and so like these things kind of like uh it's so circumstantial you don't know what what path what what uh who you'll meet along this journey and just like trying it out and just being open to opportunities that present themselves that's such an excellent advice it's basically be careful about the energy that you put out there. I liked how you said that when you put your energy out there and the fact that, you know, p- people who are like-minded, you found each other and you collaborated and it led one thing led to another. But more than anything, had you not started the first journey of you actually covering the first mile of doing that open mic, this none of this would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one so thing. It's like, yeah, this, this, it, it's, it's wild how just the connections that I made at the at the particular time led to this opportunity. Exactly. So it wasn't like a lonely journey. You've met people that are doing what you wanted to do. You went on a similar path and it, it worked out, mashallah. So I think for anyone yeah. who's listening, listen to Guled, definitely find the support network um, because it's true. Unless you know people that are it really helps when you have people that are supporting you are who understand what you're going through it's like just to give an example when i start when i was starting my business a lot of my friends friends didn't have their own businesses i mean they were working nine to five like hi how i previously was and in order for me to like i had to basically go out there and network with business owners so that other obviously with and a lot of with those business owners we also became friends and they were able to like you know support me in terms of like you know just giving me ideas because of mashallah like it's great that you have friends that don't do the same thing as you but it's important to have friends and network and supportive network who does who have like similar um businesses as you or something because then you've got more of a support network and you can bounce each other ideas of each other so if people are not in your immediate network go out there and find them just like what Gulet said <laughs> i think yeah, that's brilliant exactly. yeah because i find um we'll, we'll see whenever live shows come back in a in a in a safe way but like the friends that i've made like i met franco very early on doing comedy and he became my support network i met tim also very early on um, amazing and and those people are still even if this show falls apart and we never uh work together again these people will still be your friends close with i'll be friends with and like uh you know i think sometimes people forget how far just being a like not being an asshole can get you you know if you're a decent be a nice person be a nice person funnier you can get funnier it's not like an impossible thing to do yes um and you can't find your voice uh but like if you're a decent person then people want to work with you uh, correct feels like yeah no i I agree with you i think that's great advice gulaid absolutely great advice um yes so 
do hope our listeners are taking notes of that and um so now i have a question funny thing actually just let me know because i just thought you know with the whole comedy thing now i feel inspired a little bit and i've got a joke for you i've written this joke in advance and you tell me um i've actually i've written two jokes for you and you tell me out of the scale of one to ten how funny it is or how lame it is i thought this would be quite funny for our listeners (laughs) for our listeners as well and for the listeners okay. I want to say this is uh, for for someone who does comedy this is uh, a nightmare situation because now I feel <laughs> I I I have to listen very intently and also yes. be very precise with my wording <laughs> I just thought this is quite funny this is a joke I, I, I got this joke inspiration I got from my daughter actually so okay so this is how it goes um why has the skeleton okay why did the skeleton not go to the party why because he had nobody to go with okay that's 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 a great that's a great street joke i i, I thought that, that was quite funny i give that like i give that a, a a seven because i've i've heard it before but it's like it's a it's a solid joke and it's a solid like joke right yeah i feel like this is jokes i i started telling at probably around your daughter's age as well yeah, my five-year-old daughter told me, and I remember just laughing hysterically, and I thought, oh, I must tell that to Gunaid when yeah. I speak to him. <laughs> uh, and then the second joke, uh, what was the second joke? Oh, my God, I, I don't think I'll be a good at comedian. I, I can't even remember the second joke. Uh, <laughs> but, but maybe next time, next time and stuff like that. But, yeah, I just had to put it out there, and so it's quite funny. Yeah. Um, I think I would laugh. At, I think if I was a comedian, I think I would laugh at myself before anybody else laughs at me, and then I would ruin the joke. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's part of it as well, you know. Like uh, you finding the thing <laughs> funny as well, yeah. Um, uh, is 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 and then hoping that other people will also enjoy it. Be awesome. Like I mean, my my goal is like to to keep doing this and uh, to like just get better at it and hopefully create more things even outside of uh, of tall boys that are like that resonate with people, you know exactly keep honing your skills and stuff and yeah absolutely keep i i wish you guys and you and your tall boys crew um for the, like you know the, the show and stuff I, I really completely wish you a whole success so this is the part Gulaid, where you get to give yourself and your um and your team a shout out and let people know where they can follow you and what i'll do is i will also put it in the description so for anybody who um would like to follow Gulay's journey Gulay's social media this is the time to take notes and also it will be in the description and all our social media so go ahead and give yourself a shout out awesome yeah uh so uh you can if you enjoyed this and you want to check me out, uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's uh, GUL3D. Uh, the E is in, instead of three. I'm also on Twitter. It's G8Us and then L-E-A-D. Also, uh, Tall Boys is a show on all platforms. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, so your journey on CBC Tall Boys and it's going to be amazing watching it and we're going to follow you guys on social media as well and uh, yes February the 16th please take notes and support the show and yes we look forward to having you again on the show in as in, again just to find out like more about you know your journey and find that basically all the amazing things that you're going to be doing inshallah like you are going to you're, you're doing an amazing 
amazing job you're you're opening doors you gotten into it in like an industry that's very hard to get into and the fact like you said you know i think it's it's been great it's really i really loved hearing your story and i'm sure our listeners are absolutely enjoying it as well but thank you so much guled for your time it's been a pleasure to have you yeah thanks for having me this is great yeah like uh i've never i've never done a somali podcast before so this is like a, a one of one so thank you exactly and to our listeners please make sure that you continuously um follow us on social media we are on instagram at somali professional podcast we are on twitter and also please continue reviewing us so more people can find us and thank you so much for all your emails you know if you have any um, things that resonated with you from this show make sure that you email us at somali professional podcast at gmail.com and we always love hearing your um, messages and yes next week we're going to give you more shout outs as well thank you dear listeners thank you for tuning in to another episode of the smiley professional podcast with your host samira ali join us again next week for another wonderful inspirational story